I'm Dr. Kimberly Manning. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's Let's go. Well, Kimberly, it is a lovely evening here in Oakland. As you can see, the light is still shining. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How are you doing over there on the East Coast? Oh, wow. It has been a really full and busy day, but I am great. How's your weekend? My weekend was dope. Remember I told you I wanted to go peep uh, the black hair experience mm-hmm. pop up. I was supposed to FaceTime you in there. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring key, it up, but I'm glad that you I know, remembered. But I know, but I low-key felt like it would be like FaceTiming somebody while you were in something that you paid to come into. Uh, I felt like I didn't know if that was right. So That's fair. Um, so... No, that was cool. Um, me and uh, my running partner, Jen, we, we got a, some, some good miles in on Sunday and um, I had dinner with my best friend, Lisa nice. on Friday. Okay. So it was all good. It was great. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. I fit my family in between those things. <laughs> 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 you know? Yeah. What about yeah. you? What did you do? Um, my weekend was actually pretty chill. I am still very much in the process of settling into my new home. Okay, so, okay. you know, I tried to put the brakes on buying new furniture and tried to actually build the stuff that was piling up in the corner. Okay. So I built a dresser this weekend, which... Um, what do you I mean went, built a dresser? It came in a box and I oh, had to oh. remove it from the box and put it together. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. It wasn't fun. Yeah. yeah. If you have the means hire somebody else to do that well the question is did it come from one of those places where it's almost impossible to follow the directions yes (laughs) then I'm so sorry (laughs) that sounds terrible yeah no no. I set myself up for this I didn't read the comments everybody on the product reviews said how terrible this was to put together Oh man. And you so, beat on your chest and you was like, I got this. I did what I had to do. I heard that. Well, you know what? Just know that on Friday, when I was out to dinner with my bestie, I had a glass of red wine for you. <laughs> Cause as you recall, um, on Friday, that was the same day that I gave, um, a lecture that I opened up with a typo on my title slide. Mm. Because I tried to make some changes the night before. Yeah. And then burnt the candle at both ends and went from one thing to another. And they introduced me and I opened up my starting slide and straight up had a typo on the title slide in the title. (sighs) And you know what? Oh, girl. (laughs) That was not a good feeling. (laughs) No. That was not a good feeling. Oh my gosh. You talk about, you already got some imposter syndrome. Try starting off a national talk with a typo on your slide. You like, did you just move on or did you call attention Mm -hmm. to it? I called attention to it because, because I believe in the growth mindset, you know, 
I love that. From a perspective of the growth mindset, um, I had just come off of wards. I had overscheduled myself that day. And um, as a result of me overscheduling myself and not being well rested, I, I made last minute changes. Mm-hmm. And I did not afford myself enough time to look through all of my slides and make sure everything was clean and all the transitions were fine. Um, because of my, my, my planning wasn't great. I'm here to talk to you about connectedness in medicine, not to be confused with connectedness. <laughs> that is literally what I said. I was so mortified. So I stepped out of myself and got in my ear and said, girl, you better get it together. You need to give this talk. Don't start that self-deprecating stuff. Let's, let's get it. Yes. And I was like, yes, ma'am. That's what's up. And in between all of the things, did you manage to learn anything in the last week? You go first. (laughs) (laughs) Classic, classic. Look, I try to deep condition every two weeks. Okay. Mahalia has very low porosity, meaning she does not absorb moisture very well. Okay. I can sit under the shower and it'll take like a good 30 40 seconds before like my hair is fully saturated and what i found is that products that have honey in them Mm -hmm. work really well for my hair in terms of moisture wow honey is a humectant these are compounds that help draw moisture in so that was my my little teaching points so like the the teach back to make sure that i learned it properly mahalia who happens to be 4C, she is low porosity. Mm-hmm. Given this, you can't just throw a bucket of water on top of it. It will sit on top of her coils <laughs> and not reach the root to the middle. Mm-hmm. And so you must work that thing in with time. And then you must use products that draw in moisture, such as honey, which is a humectant. Exactly. Booyah. You're a good auditory learner. My learning, well, I think I told you this before, but um, I, I, I was, I'm still really excited about it. And you didn't seem enthused enough before, so I'm going to tell you again. <laughs> that coriander is the seed of cilantro. Like, why, why were you not as excited about this? That, I learned that recently, that coriander is the cilantro seed. Ooh. I find that to be a really exciting little, like, thing to say at a party. Hey, did you know you're still not excited? Okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm still, I'm still rather excited by that. But <laughs> all right, sis. So, what's the what today? Mm, all right, get ready for this one. All right, I'm ready. The what is shame. Shame. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. And I uh, also want to just give a quick shout out to the, the Nocturnist, our, our podcast family, who's also doing a whole series on this. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to specifically talk about shame today because of a conversation that I had not too long ago mm-hmm. with a colleague regarding another mutual colleague. Okay. And this mutual colleague, I found out, had made a comment that was what I would say was racially insensitive to Mm. another person. Mm. And the person who made the comment is actually someone that I respect and still respect greatly. 
Mm. And I would, I would categorize this comment as a microaggression. Mm. And, um, you know, the, the colleague who is kind of explaining this to me, one of the things they said was just like, you know, I can't believe this person said this. I would not have expected that from this person. Mm. Mm. You know, it just got me thinking a little bit in the sense of folks who do great work, particularly in medicine, who advocate for marginalized populations, who really mm-hmm. seem kind of um, ahead of the game in terms of these concepts of, of social justice and equity. And, you know, we kind of put them in the category of incapable of making some of the same mistakes that, you know, we, we actively fight against. Mm-hmm. And, um, it reminded me of a time where I fell into that situation. So let me stop doing this roundabout and get to the story, which actually started um, my third year of, of residency. I'm not exactly sure at what point of the year it was, but I remember it was at a part of third year where I was extremely burnt out. Okay. And it was an evening clinic, which is also something I was not fond of. Mm. And I had a patient on my schedule who I did not know well. I think this might've been our first or second visit. This person I'll say was relatively young and and healthy. Okay. And they had come in with a very specific complaint. And it was something that they had taken the time to look up online and had a very specific idea of what was going on and what they needed. Okay. And so I remember kind of going into the appointment, just already kind of annoyed. I had kind of painted a picture in my head of kind of who this person was and, you know, had deemed them to be someone maybe a little bit more on the anxious side, even going as far as to say a hypochondriac. Because the thing that they were concerned about in my mind did not seem physiologically possible. Okay. In that context, I was, I remember being pretty dismissive, Mm. you know, as we were ending the visit, they had mentioned something else, kind of like the doorknob complaints. Yeah. And I didn't really flesh out the story. I kind of rattled off a differential or things we can do, but I really, at that point, I remember kind of being, you know, essentially one foot out the door. Right. And this is an evening clinic. This is an evening clinic. And this is a person who was on, uh, in my primary care clinic, had a scheduled appointment. Okay. Fast forward a couple weeks. And I remember going to check my inbox and I see a message about this patient. And they had actually come back to the clinic and they had seen one of my nurse practitioner colleagues who did an assessment and made a diagnosis that Mm. I should not have missed. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't anything life-threatening, but it was easy enough that with enough kind of careful conversation and um, one or two easy tests was one that I should have been able to come up with. Was it the thing that the patient thought it was? No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and then I saw a message that this patient had requested to switch their primary care to the nurse practitioner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that stung. Yeah. (laughs) But I, um, you know, I was still kind of in my mood. I was just like, yeah, well, 
I, I mean, I, I, I felt bad. I'm not going to say I didn't, um, but I, you know, I didn't pick up the phone. I didn't really tell anybody. I just kind of let it go. Right. You know, two years later, fast forward, I am a newly minted attending mm-hmm. and I had been lucky enough to get uh, one of our faculty development awards. Okay. Um, and so for the faculty who get this award, they usually will do like a little spiel on the, um, UCSF websites. And they also did a little promo on our, on the Twitter account. Okay. So they had posted this video of me kind of explaining like my interest in narrative medicine and medical humanities and how I wanted to use like this award to kind of focus on that and really kind of highlighting the, um, the importance of patient stories. Mm. So this was a, a publicly shown video. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's coming. Oh no, I'm just <laughs> cringing. So shortly after this, I get an email in my oh. uh, professional account. Oh my God. And it is from this patient. O-M expletive G. Yeah. You know, it took me like not even a minute to realize who, who this person was. And essentially without, you know, going into detail, this person was like, basically told me, Hey, I saw this video that they posted and how you were talking about your interest in patient stories. And I just want to let you know that you did not, this is not how you approached me. In fact, you were dismissive and basically called me out on my behavior respectfully. You know what? But you, you know what's, I'll, I'll admit, you know what the first thing I did after I read that? I, I went okay. and looked at the, the video on Twitter and s- looked to see if they had blasted me on social media. Right, right. Wow. That's so honest of you, because mm-hmm. that's probably what I would have done too. And they didn't. But, you know, this was a couple years out of residency, had taken this time to reflect and was starting this career and trying to like, you know, become an educator in ways of learning to approach patients with, with empathy, especially patients who are different from us. Mm-hmm. And here is someone who is telling me in no uncertain terms that you do not practice what you preach. Ouch. Girl, if I can tell you that shit hurt. I bet it did. It's Ooh, hurt it hurt me. I'm horrified. I couldn't, I couldn't talk about it um, for the longest time. You know, I was crying. I was just like, who, who am I? Like, who are you to be up here? Like, or talking this talk, (laughs) you know, this is how you treated this person. And like, lucky for me that they said something. Right. Cause you know, how many other times, you know, whether I was burnt out or not, like, you know, that's not a license to Mm. talk to people in any kind of way or to not give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Even if they do say some stuff that maybe doesn't fit within your framework for a uh, illness script. Mm. I guess the the point I I, want to make is, is this, you know, when we talk about these things in terms of microaggressions or even macroaggressions, perhaps we have in mind a certain group of individuals who are the ones who we expect to perpetrate these things. Right. But nobody is immune to these things, particularly when you practice in a system 
that doesn't equip you with the tools that is resources, well-being, mm. things to really help you bring your full self into a space where you can be a healer. You mm. have to actively check these things. Mm. And whether you have been on the side of hurt or not, mm. you got to do the work. Mm. That's a word right there. Wow. What did you do? I wrote the person back. Okay. Yeah. I wrote them back um, pretty soon after, actually. And mm -hmm. I, I apologized. Mm. Um, no excuses made. Mm. You know, I, I did talk mm. about, you know, some of the, the difficulties of, of medical training, but, you know, in no uncertain terms, I was like, I was wrong. Mm. But, you know, the other thing that came up for me in terms of, you know, right after I got off of my Twitter search was my, my immediate reaction was actually defensiveness. Mm -hmm. And I had to check that really quick, mm -hmm. but it also gave me a little bit of empathy and understanding sometimes where other folks find themselves in a much more um, vitriolic situation in terms mm. of mistakes that they made or behaviors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that um, you know people deemed inexcusable. Sure, and, and folks, you know, put them on blast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I like this piece that you opened up with about how the, the people get these ideas of who, who can, you know, commit the blunder and who, who, who could not, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, sometimes we are overly forgiving of people when, mm -hmm. when maybe the individual is capable of doing the wrong thing. And then the other end of that pendulum is there's some people that aren't really forgiven for things. It might be the same thing, but they are, I mean, it just is like professional death, right? For mm -hmm. them. Neither one is, is okay. I mean, it's all growth mindset, right? You got to check yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's deep. Yeah, girl. This, oh, this, this one took a while. I was, yeah. you know, debating if and how to tell this story because it still hurts. But yeah. it actually is freeing in a way for myself to also recognize I'm human too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to mess up and I'm going to continue yeah. to, to learn from it, but I'm never going to be, I'm going to try to never be someone who impulsively looks to shame another individual mm. for mm. behavior that I myself Mm. in another circumstance or situation might be capable mm. of one day. Yep. Like a typo on a slide. Huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, it could happen to anybody. Yeah. Now I would have blasted you in the group chat for sure. I mean, or, or like texted a friend like, yo, this chick didn't even check her slide. <laughs> um, but you know what that makes, that made me think of a, of a quote that I, I heard once that haunted me. And I don't, I don't actually know to whom, the quote belongs, but the quote was, do you want to be truly excellent or just seem that way? Mm. I think that that patient gave you a gift because they gave you an opportunity to, to, to get closer to being truly excellent. And the video seemed that way. When I think of the times where I got an evaluation where somebody like really was critical of me or go to a conference and read like feedback on, on a talk. And some person has clearly thought about what they're saying and 
they might be an outlier, but they have some good points. I'm like, you know what? Do I, do I want to be excellent or just seem that way? I want to mm-hmm. be truly excellent. I agree. I agree. So I doubt that person is listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but if for whatever reason you are, I want to say thank you for helping me get a little bit closer to excellence, or at least a little bit closer to the person that I hope to be in this profession. I love that. I love that. And I love that you responded to them. I love that you are strong enough in your self-image now to tell that story because, you know, we, we have to normalize um, not being perfect. Mm-hmm. We have to normalize messing up sometimes. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you know what? When I made that mistake on that um, slide, I wasn't burnt out. I was not. I can't say I was burnt out. I didn't get in a spat with my husband. Nothing happened. I just didn't plan well. And that's what happens when you don't plan well. And so you learn. And then you say, next time, this is what I'm going to do. So, I mean, we just got to, we got to keep telling these stories that, hey, look, you might think that it looks like we have it all together, but we are really all just works in progress. Absolutely. Go out into this uh, week and do epic stuff, man. Be truly excellent. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and the Clinical Problem Solvers, our med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.